The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. And we are live to tape once again here on the W2M Network for the Wrestling to the Max 205 Live Review. Good evening or afternoon whenever you're listening to this again live to tape. My name is Harry Broadhurst. Thank you for joining us. Joining me this week once again, as I said during the SmackDown Live Review, a sense of deja vu all over again. Please welcome back Brandon Biscobing. And you have me one more time tomorrow. I feel like we've had this conversation once already tonight. <laughs> yes, we have. Talk, talk about deja vu all over. <laughs> Anywho. Um, you know how I should have actually welcomed everybody into the 205 Live Review? How is that? Good evening, everybody, and welcome into the Brian Kendrick Fan Supporting Group Anonymous. <laughs> Holy expletive. Did you actually get to watch Christmas Night Raw live? Yes, I did. So did I. You I, know, did not, I did not see what, like, I I mean, I saw the match, obviously, but I did not see what actually happened, though, and I don't think there are any pictures or anything showing what happened. Well, I mean, if you were to check certain accounts on YouTube and stuff, I'm sure you could find it. Um... Yeah, Brian Kendrick took go to sleep a little bit too literally last night. <laughs> Brian Kendrick turned to go to sleep into go to hospital. <laughs> I okay, uh, I I shouldn't be making jokes at his expense here because it's really not funny. No. Hideo Itami used his go to sleep on Monday Night Raw here, and since Jack Gallagher versus Hideo Itami opens 205 Live, this conversation is relevant. Hideo Itami used his go-to-sleep variation in Chicago last night. And apparently, since they were in Chicago, Itami decided to put a little extra stink on it. Unfortunately, he did not warn Kendrick of such, and Kendrick caught Itami's knee square in his face. A broken orbital socket not the uh not the bone but the socket itself and a broken bridge for his nose so like where your nose goes from one side yeah. to the other ouchy yeah kendrick's out probably about two months if he's lucky or as we relate that on the wwe injury scale right now one quarter ambrose yeah Get well soon, Brian, you goddamn professional, you. <laughs> and that comes from myself and Paul Leeser, just saying. <laughs> All right, Brandon, are you ready to get into tonight's episode of 205 Live? Yeah, let's do it. So there's uh well, before we actually get to the Kendrick and, or the Gallagher and the Tommy match there, there is a backstage segment with Drew Gallic Drew Gallic? Gallic? 
I combined Gallagher and Gulak. <laughs> Drew Gulak waiting for a phone call from Enzo Amore. Cedric arrives and asks him if his boss is going to call, and Drew gets off the best line of the night. Why would Sasha Banks call me? <laughs> Don't ever change, you magnificent bastard. Anyway, Cedric then explains to Gulak, you know what, Dalek, screw it, I'm going to go with it. <laughs> Steer into the skid. Cedric then explains to Gallic that... 205 Live would be better off for everybody if Enzo wasn't the champion come next Monday night, including Gulak himself because of the fact that there wouldn't be Enzo to talk down to him so condescendingly. And Gulak would find himself possibly back into contention for the Cruiserweight title. Gulak appears to be considering the notion we go to the 205 Live intro. You know, eventually it's going to get to the point where Gulak turns babyface on Enzo. I don't know if I like them doing it this heavy-handedly. Well, I think they're doing it kind of heavy-handedly because everyone expects it. Everyone knows it's going to happen. I mean, I was even mentioning it last week that I was expecting it to happen last week. So, you know, they're just teasing it ad nauseum at this point until finally, I'm assuming, either next week or, you know, some point in the near future, he's going to turn on Enzo directly. Now, the interesting thing to consider, especially considering they talk about it uh, later on in the show uh, in this episode, is whether or not Tony Nese joins him on that endeavor. Uh, we'll talk about Tony Nese in a few moments here. We don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Our op- our opening in arena promo sees Jack Gallagher talking about the fact that Hideo Itami is a dangerous, dangerous man. And he was at ringside when Itami put Kendrick in the hospital the previous night on Monday Night Raw. Again, get well soon, GDP. The match itself sees Kendrick – or not Kendrick. I just did it again. The match itself sees Itami versus Gallagher because that's the second time I've done that already this episode. And apparently, after you break somebody's orbital bone with a move, you're not allowed to use that move anymore. I was just about to say, is this him not being allowed to use the GTS anymore or something? This is 100% him not being allowed to use the GTS anymore. Well, also, it was probably, uh, and, and I'll see if my theory is correct next week whether or not he uses it or not. It was probably a combination of the fact that he broke uh, Kendrick's nose, so they wanted him to be careful tonight and not use it. But also, it doesn't hurt the fact that they're in Chicago still. Yeah, but uh, if they were, if that were the case, they wouldn't let him use it on Raw. But I, like I said, I think it was a combination of a, of, of both reasons. It was this was that, definitely no. This was definitely more so the fact that he broke Brian Kendrick's face. True, true. Um, now you got to admit, I, I, I hate to say this here. Is it just me, or does it almost seem like it wouldn't be surprising to see WWE keep the belt, the cruiserweight title, on Enzo just to have a Tommy go after Enzo, and then somebody pull a Tommy aside before the match and go, hey? Hey, if you want to use go to sleep tonight, we ain't going to say anything. Uh, I mean, those rumors have died down so much. And the fact that Enzo has held the title for so long, I don't think that's going to happen. 
Yeah, well, it's people in this company tend to hold a grudge. Oh, I, I agree with that, but... Tony Nice gets attacked from two weeks... Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I forget uh, exactly what it was. Ago, I think was it two? I think it was three. Actually, I don't know. Either way, Tony Nese getting attacked is shown first by Davari from behind, then by Enzo Davari and Gulak all simultaneously. He is interviewed by generic announcer interviewer chick number six. To be perfectly honest with you, if their name isn't Charlie or Renee, I don't care. I think it's Dasha. I'm not sure. Dasha Fuentes. No, that was Daisy Fuentes that was on America's Funniest. Anyway. (laughs) Anywho, back to the promo itself here. So she asked Tony if he's going to go after the Zotrain. Tony says that while every fiber of his being wants to beat down everybody that was associated with it, Enzo is a global star and... Thanks to his recognition, Tony's career is at the highest peak that it's been before. (laughs) Your thoughts on the idea behind Tony Nese's reasoning here? I mean, I get the reasoning. um, And like I said, I think that's gonna. this promo definitely plays into the intrigue that will build over the next couple of weeks or next week however long they want to play this out for Gulak turning on Enzo um to see whether or not Tony where Tony's allegiances really lie because they may because he may also hold a grudge on Gulak for at the moment deciding to stay with Enzo and attack him. Yeah. So there's a lot of different moving parts going on around in this whole thing. See, I actually think that's where the money lies here. Oh yeah. Is having Gulak get to the point where he's turning on Enzo. I'm sorry. I have a a major league dry mouth situation right now. Perfectly fine. I think it's eventually going to get to the point where Gulak's about to turn on Enzo and then Nice is going to be the one to put Gulak down instead. Hmm. Where, like, Gulak is about to take advantage of an opportunity to get his redemption against Enzo and such. And then Nice is going to be the one that, oh yeah, well, this is what you get for taking his side in the first place. Wow. But like like we talked about last week, um, I would love to see a Gulak and Nice. Like if they were to expand 205 and allow them to either have a tag title for themselves or like, you know, be able to go after the raw tag titles, I would love to see a Gulak and Nice team. Well, now that the Raw Tag Team Champions are Jason Jordan and Seth Rollins, a couple of guys who are barely above 205 themselves. Yeah. Anywho, Tozawa comes over and tries to stir the pot by asking Nice if he's on or off the Zo train, and Nice proceeds to cold cock him. <laughs> Keep the change, you filthy animal. It, it's that time of the year. I figured I'd be festive. <laughs> you know what wasn't festive? The match that followed. I like both of these guys, but that match was boring. I mean, you even heard boring chants. 
Like, I love Akira Tozawa. I've been a huge fan of Akira Tozawa's for years. I loved his stuff in Dragon Gate USA. I loved his stuff in Pro Wrestling Gorilla. I really enjoyed him in the Cruiserweight Classic as well. And I was stunned when I found out that he got a full-time contract with the company. He had a brief cup of coffee with the Cruiserweight title, and I felt like he was somebody that the fans were definitely behind. Mm -hmm. But having him in there with... And I hate to say this, but almost the charismatically deficient Tony Nese does no favors to either of them. Well, I think it's also, while I agree with you on that level, I think it's also the fact that, and I don't know if this is just poor writing or Vince trying to, you know, destroy it or, or what it is. But like we were talking about off air, they're trying to build this whole differential of styles type of thing that they talked about in the Cruiserweight Classic, which I I respected and I appreciated. But a lot of the fans, especially at you know regular SmackDown live shows don't necessarily appreciate as much and they want to see the more WCW style of cruiserweight action where it's all about high flying and luchadors and all of that. So having a guy like Tony Nese in there or Drew Gulak or whatnot, yes, it builds heat, but also you get these boring chants and you get these matches where the fans are completely knocked out of it. So, as it turns out, the reason that Enzo is not on 205 Live tonight is apparently he and Nia Jax have a date. (laughs) Make your own jokes here, 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 and here. We move on. Gulak cuts a promo before the tag team match as he is going to team up with Arya Davari as the new team PowerPoint. And he has put together a best of 2017 PowerPoint presentation until he is interrupted by Cedric Alexander and Chicago's own Mustafa Ali. By the way, can I give a quick shout out to Mustafa? Sure. And it has absolutely nothing to do with tonight's show. It's something that I saw on Twitter. And I don't frequent Twitter a lot, but I saw this and I thought it was really cool. Brandon, we've talked about the fact that I collect action figures before. Mm -hmm. Tony Nese found out from one of his fans, one of his fans' father, that the father and his son, the the kid that was a fan of uh, Mustafa Ali, had gone out looking for a Tony, for a Mustafa Ali action figure. Mattel has not yet put out a Mustafa Ali action figure. Mustafa Ali actually commissioned for a custom action figure to be made of him and sent it to the kid for Christmas. Oh, damn. That's cool. So shout out to Mustafa for the lookout for his fans. Uh, That's something that'll get you a long way in this industry. You you know, it's something that that's a little disappointing um, with that um, is that they now, maybe I didn't hear it, or, like, people were so dead on their feet that you didn't really get much of a reaction. But, you know, Mustafa is in his hometown. You would think he would have gotten a bigger reaction from Chicago, Illinois, and all of that, you know, like most people do. Yeah, the, 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 this, these crowds don't care about the cruiserweights. I know. I know. Let's Let's not kid ourselves into thinking that they do. 
Yeah, yeah. Not to mention, I think there is a certain there's a certain percentage of the fan base that might hold Mustafa Ali's former profession against him as well. Mm-hmm. Because uh, wrestling fans and police officers haven't always aligned up perfectly. Yes. So, anyways, the match itself is Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali against Drew Gulak and Arya Davari. The match itself is okay, nothing special in my opinion, but probably the best of the three on tonight's episode. Yeah, oh, definitely. And the finish sees Arya Davari attempt to set Mustafa Ali up on the top turnbuckle, only to get scolded by Drew Gulak, which is A, hilarious, B, completely in character, and C... Somewhat confusing still. See, I don't find it confusing at all because it, I like, I I told you I was going to mention this, but it feels a lot like a New Japan style of storytelling where they are telling a story within the ring. They're keeping that whole thing of Drew Gulak not wanting anyone to be high flying, no one to go up to the top rope, and he's trying to force his his mentality on the rest of the Zoe train and he's costing people wins as a result. And it's going to be interesting to see how much longer this continues of guys, you know, continuing to lose because Drew Gulak won't let them be themselves and how long it will take before they get frustrated and turn on him. Or until how long until Gulak actually breaks his own high flying rule. Kind of like how, Kind of I like, don't think that will happen until he completely turns. Well, yeah, kind of like how we were talking about last week on the 205 Live review, where eventually Gulak's going to turn face, and next thing you know, that some bitch is hitting a frog splash on somebody. Yeah, precisely. Anyways, uh, while Gulak is distracted uh, scolding, and I do believe that would be the proper word here, yeah. uh, Arya Davari, Gulak gets caught with a lumbar check courtesy of... Cedric Alexander. Gulak rolls out to the floor. Alexander proceeds to pick the foot of of Davari and drop him to the canvas. And in 054 later, it is a three count for Mustafa Ali in his hometown, which frankly means once and for all, we have officially entered the alternate universe. (laughs) Yep. Thoughts on the match? I mean, this, like you said, this was definitely the best match of the night. Um, I like them continue, like I mentioned, I like them continuing the whole story of Drew Gulak, uh, chastising his fellow Zotrain members about doing anything that is against his rules for a better, better 205 Live, and as a result, costing people matches, again. Um, which I think maybe another thing, um, maybe even not so much Enzo, but like, you know, I could totally see, you know, even if they don't want to do a direct face turn with Gulak, you know, him kind of indirectly getting kicked out of the Zotrain by the rest of the members because he keeps on costing them matches. And then him finally, you know, either A, continuing to be heel and going against the Zotrain in, in, in the way that he is already, or, you know, finally starts to realize, hey, maybe I'm making the wrong decisions and turning face on that level. 
So something Lizzie and I usually do on these episodes here is we talk best match of the week. And since there's no pay-per-views coming up this weekend here, the WWE week has concluded as we know it. NXT does not count. Um, between last night's Raw and tonight's SmackDown and 205 Live, what was your favorite match on WWE television this week? Hmm. And since I just put you on the spot, if you'd like me to go first, I will. Yeah, why don't you go first? Uh, I'm going to go with the triple threat tag team match to open SmackDown tonight. I was thoroughly entertained by that. Yeah. um, Yeah, I think I'm going to have to go with that as well. Um, You know, like we've mentioned before on multiple shows, um, you know, not just myself, I'm sure other people have as well. Um, you know, one of the big problems that WWE has, especially amongst their more vocal and more, you know, more devoted fan base is that things get way too predictable nowadays. And that maybe it helped that the fans were so behind Rusev Day. And, you know, especially with what I said earlier about my projections on what will happen with Rusev Day, maybe it was just, you know, wishful thinking from the fans and that's what made it feel this way. But that was one of the few matches that I legitimately did not know who was going to win. I I was edge of my seat, thought, that whole match and that double accolade, I thought maybe this is it. Maybe this is the moment that they that they win. Um, you know, another match that and and I have to go watch back. I have to go watch this back and fully listen to it to see if if this was uh, truly the case. Another honorable mention, not so much in terms of the match itself, but the ending and like the way the fans reacted to it was shocking and. Maybe this will finally be a bit of something to build upon, but uh, the the Roman Reigns and Samoa Joe match for the Intercontinental Title last night. <sighs> did is was it just me, or did you actually hear women and children booing last night? Well, I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that. Rather than they want to admit it or not, Joe is actually popular with a large portion of their fan base. Oh, no, I agree with that. But that is a conversation for a different show, Brandon. Yes. Oh, I know that. But I, Speaking thought, I, I was trying to make sure that my ears weren't playing tricks on me. Speaking of different shows, we have a different show, but we'll have to talk about that in a few seconds. Yeah. Let's first slap a rating onto tonight's episode of 205 Live. Scale of 1 to 10. Um, I'll give it a 7. Um, you know, like I mentioned, the, the tag team match was interesting. Um, it was kind of interesting seeing how Atami couldn't use Go to Sleep tonight. Um, we'll see how long that lasts. But it was a it was a solid two oh five live. You know, nothing to really, you know, go crazy over, but you know, a, a solid show. 
So based on your rating, you think tonight's 205 Live was better than tonight's SmackDown? I could not disagree more. See, see, okay. See, that's a little uh, biased because, you know, my rating for 205 is a little... uh, is a bit on a curve as compared to SmackDown. See, I I, I, I try not to curve for these shows because I review all three shows on a weekly basis, so I try not to curve for the shows here. To me, I think tonight's episode of 205 Live was somewhat lackluster. I have it down at a five and a half. Hmm. I just, there was no real great match to sink your teeth into like you usually get with 205 Live. There were two solid matches and one meh match, but nothing over and beyond what you'd expect the Cruiserweight division to deliver. Well, but that was because of the guys that were in there tonight and the type of matches that we got. I mean, look at the 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 guys that were competing tonight. Yes, Tommy, he's not really much of a high flyer. He's more of a striker. Gallagher, especially now in his heel state, he's, you know, a very ground and pound type of guy. Um, you know, Nice and Tozawa, you know, Tozawa can be high flying oftentimes, but Nice grounded him a lot. Uh, and then the, the whole Cedric and Mostafa against Arya Davari and Drew Gulak, that was the whole storyline at the end was the fact that Arya was going to do a high flying thing, but Gulak stopped him. I feel like there's more story to be told there, and I think tonight's 205 Live was more about angle advancement than it was about entering content. And while I understand, oh, the yes, ne- yes. I understand the necessity for those episodes on occasion, at the same time, it wasn't what I expect on a regular basis from the 205 Live product. Well, so that's, that, 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 that's, that's a problem that 205 has just in general now where they they're – at that crossroads where they try to do more WWE style of, you know, storyline advancement and whatnot and focusing on storylines more than in-ring competition. Um, But at the same time, the fans expect it to be very, you know, in-ring based. You see, we, and we kind of had this conversation off air where I, I've said before that, I understand that a lot of people prefer sports. A lot of people prefer entertainment. I like a nice divide of both when it comes to watching professional wrestling for me. I like to have the steak and the sizzle here. Tonight's oh, episode. Oh, I agree with that. Tonight's episode of 205 Live was too much sizzle, not enough steak. See, I, I agree with that. Um, and and normally I do agree with you Um when it comes to 205, I mean, I expected, I was hoping originally that 205 was going to be a lot like the Cruiserweight Classic, where it was all focused on the in-ring competition and all of that. But, um, you know, this episode, I feel, yes, it didn't have as much, you know, in-ring action in terms of, you know, high-flying and all of that. But like I mentioned before, you know, the that tag team match and then building that storyline within the ring of, you know, Gulak not wanting any of those guys to be doing high flying stuff and all of that, that, that was nice to see them doing that. 
So kind of a mixed bag, depending on I guess depending on where your uh, where your preferences fall when it comes to wrestling. If you prefer sports, you're going to be a little bit disappointed with tonight's episode of Two Hundred Five Live. If you prefer entertainment, you might enjoy tonight's episode of Two Hundred Five Live. <laughs> to each their own. I'm not saying there's a right or right way to watch wrestling. I'm not saying there's a wrong way to watch wrestling. Nope. There is a right way and a wrong way to watch football, though. The wrong way is being a New England Patriots fan. Or a Cowboy fan. (laughs) Uh, Hey, uh, Brandon, I have a question for you. Yes? What do Tiger Woods and the Dallas Cowboys have in common? What would that be? They'll both be playing golf in two weeks. Oh, yes. Yes, they will. (laughs) You you better hope. uh, Unfortunately, I have to say the same thing about my Giants. You you better hope that uh, you you have a lot of work. Well, you've got a lot of wishing to do for uh, this week that your team you know does not. Can find out about the, and do you know where people can find out about the kind of wishing I have to do for this weekend? Where would that but be? Listening to the kickoff here on the W2M Network every Wednesday night. Myself, Brandon Biscabing, Stephen Er the Third when he's available, ish kind of. Eric Watkins and Sean Garmer sits in as our producer and occasionally chimes in here and there with our thoughts on what was week 16 of the NFL season, what will be week 17 of the NFL season, the New Year's six bowl games and the college football playoff as well, and so much more. That is tomorrow night, Wednesday, for those of you listening to the 205 Live on review on a delay, on the kickoff here on the W2M Network. And Eric Watkins being ecstatic about his Jaguars clinching a playoff spot. Anything you want to add before we get out of here? Um, I'm going to be starting to host a fantasy football podcast. Um, more than likely will be called Fantasy Football to the Max. Uh, it'll start a little late. It'll be, um, it will have a, uh, debut show um, right after the Super Bowl as a little year in review and then we'll do some draft stuff uh, after the NFL draft so be on the lookout for that fantasy football to the max because Sean likes to put himself over (laughs) (laughs) kidding Sean don't (laughs) cut my mic You know, I make that joke all the time, and then Sean, once or twice before, has chimed in with said, the only way that I could mute you is if I muted Brandon as well, and frankly, that does nobody any favors. (laughs) So I could get away with being a little snarky. Um, Before we get out of here, our best wishes are sent out to my traditional co-host, Miss Liz Puglisi. She's having some family issues this week. Um, Our thoughts and our best wishes are with you, Liz. We hope to have you back next week. But as always, family first. Yep. I've enjoyed covering for you for the past two weeks. Uh, Wouldn't mind doing, doing it again, but hopefully you're back next week. And me the week before that. Yes. So I've been on for three straight weeks. Bronchitis is a biatch, let me yes, tell you. It is. Oh, I know. I had it a couple of months ago. So so for Brandon Biscoving and our executive producer, Sean Garmer, my name is Harry Broadhurst. You have been listening to the Wrestling to the Max 205 Live Review here on the W2M Network, available online at www.w2mnet.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next Tuesday night here. Have a good one.
The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.